<clears throat> well, here we are live with Joe Chaffee and Joe Rayo on the Joe and Joe Weather Show on this Wednesday night, July the 8th. And uh, welcome to those of you who are listening, by the way, on the podcast, which is now available on Google Podcasts. So, Joe, we're on six different platforms now. We are on uh, on Anchor, on Breaker, on Google Podcasts, on Pocket Casts, Radio Public, or Spotify. So we're just going to have my two fa- also my two Facebook pages, and we do get people who watch from there. So we're as, all uh, as we're well all they should. So uh, let me just get everybody else on board from uh, Twitter and Facebook. It's all going to be about the tropical low tonight, folks. That's uh, going to try and form off the North Carolina coast. Uh, we'll do a little bit of the current weather, uh, but uh, because of the fact that uh, we, uh, I'm still having internet issues. I'm trying to kind of uh, save my data so that I can. Uh, do a live stream tomorrow and again on Friday because once the data's gone, then I then I'm gone. So it'll, you know that's that's uh, we'll just have to go to recorded videos un- until we can get that resolved. So it's it's all about the tropical low, uh, and uh, you could certainly feel it today, Joe. I mean, in terms of everything that's setting up along the East Coast, whenever we get a a, a, a tropical like system, it's as if the atmosphere has to kind of prep itself before its arrival and you can you can feel it today the humidity was very high very steamy out and i think we're going to probably see more of that tomorrow ahead of this whatever's coming up the east coast well uh we had 1.01 inches here at the home base uh we also had a couple of lightning strikes which briefly uh for a matter of seconds but briefly shut down power here uh the light flickered i lost uh, my computer uh, twice, once at one o'clock and once at 4.30. So we had a very active, muggy, humid, showery day today. Tomorrow, Joe, looks like it's just going to be hot and humid. Um, maybe heat of the seas reaching well up into the 90s in many spots. And then we'll uh, turn our attention, as you said, on Friday into the start of the weekend to what looks to be potentially Fay, the, uh, the F storm on our list. I think the earliest that we've ever seen a storm with the letter F. This well, early it, it may very well. It may very well turn out to be that. Uh, I, I. The only thing I would say is, tropical or not, I think the outcome is going. It, it, it's going to be the same regardless. It's really just the technical designation that if it winds up being a tro- designated a tropical depression or a tropical storm, it doesn't really change what we're going to see out of this, which is which is a low that moves up the coast. Uh, and it's a it's a nice looking tight little low when you look at it on the uh, on the maps tonight and on the models. Uh, we're going to have a, 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 an arm of rain, I think, that comes up. Maybe a little bit of wind along the coast, but I, uh, unless this thing really develops into something a little stronger than what's being indicated. But I don't think if I mean if you if you if you experience this and you didn't know it was a named tropical storm, I don't know that it would it would stand out for any reason. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. Once once it gets a name, immediately it moves to the top of the list in terms of the uh, coverage, so to speak, on your local newscasts. Whereas, again, as you just mentioned, uh, without a name, it would just be uh, nothing worse maybe than a lot of us saw today with lightning and thunder and or showers and some heavy doses of rain. But once it gets christened, once it gets a name, then all of a sudden 
everybody starts running around saying, oh my goodness, the tropical storm is on its way to hit us. Or exactly. And really, again, no big difference than your average, you know, showery, gusty, heavy rainstorm. But again, it has a name, so it gets uh, suddenly lifted in terms of priority uh, in the news outlets. I, I, I just, I brought up the U.S. satellite loop. We've got this very broad area of cloudiness. And one thing that you could pick out right right away from, from looking at this loop is we're not seeing anything really all that well organized here at the moment. Where there is a surface low that's been analyzed late this afternoon uh, is in this area just right along the immediate uh, North Carolina, South Carolina coast, probably somewhere around Wilmington. Uh, and uh, there's very little going on uh, in, that, in that area. In fact, I'll take the, the drawing off. And, and you can... Uh, Normally, if this were if this were a situation that I mean, it is a situation that we're looking for some kind of low level circulation developing uh, where we're seeing convection around the low uh, of forming low level center. You're not seeing it there right now. So I don't anticipate uh, seeing the hurricane center doing anything with this, certainly at this uh, at the eight o'clock hour when they do their their next update. I imagine they're just going to keep things the same with regards to probability at about 70 percent. Uh, of developing into a tropical cyclone. In the meantime, Joe, while that's going on, we do have this upper trough that's moving through New England. And of course, there's been some severe weather there. And we'll take a look at that on the radar. And the stuff that impacted you uh, seemed to hit its peak over you to about just north of New York City. And then as it moved southward, uh, the area just weakened and, and fell apart. But all of this, by the way, is going to be driven We've got uh, energy that's coming in uh, across the northwest into southern Canada. There's a, a little upper low that's going to be in the southeast, and it's a, a trough that's going to drop down from the northern plains. It's going to pick this thing up and shoot it northward. So uh, the big question is, are we going to have a surface low that's going to be offshore or, or just enough offshore that you're going to be able to tap some development from the warm ocean? Or is the low going to be straddling the coast or be partially inland? I think that's the that's going to be the uh, the that's going to be the deciding factor in terms of whether this is going to wind up developing into anything quote unquote tropical or not. Oh, well, I think uh, by the time we get to Friday morning, the system is going to be probably right either on or just east of the Virginia Capes, and then literally it will, as you mentioned, Joe, straddle the coastline up across the Delmarva region, maybe by the time we get to Saturday morning. Again, this is a slow moving system. So Saturday morning, we may find it somewhere near or just off of the central Jersey coast. And uh, after that, probably we'll move uh, over Long Island and on up into Southern New England. And again, whether or not it can get far enough offshore for it to acquire enough of a circulation, enough for the Hurricane Center to be convinced that it does deserve a name, that's that will be, uh, decided, I'm sure, uh, in the uh, coming next 48 to 72 hours. But right now, uh, I agree with you, there's not much change uh, when they issue the next update, which I guess will be at 8 o'clock, right. uh, other than to simply say, hey, it's down there, and hey, we still think there's a 70% chance of some kind of development. Uh, if you look at the radar, I've got the radar loop of the southeast, and it is, you could, you could actually see these echoes turning in a counterclockwise fashion here. So there is some sort of broad low. I'm going to probably gonna put it just south of, along the coast or just south of Wilmington. But again, judging by how those echoes are turning, something is there. But if we're going to see this really become into a tropical system, 
you're, you're, you have to start looking for echoes to develop around where the low-level center is. Until then, you don't really have a, a, a truly tropical system. Uh, you got to get some kind of a core of thunderstorms to develop near that low area of low pressure. That may come tomorrow. Uh, if you look at some of the models, there are certainly some strong hints that uh, you're going to see a convection developing near a low-level center. Uh, it's not uh, it, it's not 100% clear, but it is there. So we'll be watching for that. Meanwhile, uh, just looking at the radar as of 7:08 Eastern Time, Joe, you got some. Big thunderstorms uh, rolling up through Maine. Big severe thunderstorm watches over parts of northern New England. That's where the severe weather really is tonight. Uh, tonight, there's a line that runs from northern Massachusetts uh, to just uh, just through the Catskills into northeastern PA. There are a few uh, strong cells embedded in that, but it looks like that line is weakening as it moves southeastward. And then there was the stuff from earlier, which now lies. Uh, across Long Island through central Jersey and into southeastern Pennsylvania, that line has weakened considerably. There were a bunch of flash flood warnings up earlier in parts of southeastern New York. I don't know if you were in the flat, one of the flash flood warnings, but um, these storms are weakening as the, these lines move southward. So I'm thinking that that we're not really going to see too much more other than what's already on the radar at the moment. And the stronger cells up in New England, those will fade out after dark. Peter Bicker on the uh, on the chat board asks a very good question. Why are they re why are they naming all of these weak systems this year? In other words, I guess some believe that uh, what we've seen so far really didn't deserve to get a, to be christened with a name. And and now I guess he's looking at the potential for Fay in the coming days ahead. But it really doesn't look all that much like uh, the kind of system that deserves uh, a tropical uh, storm. Uh, Monica right. Well, whatever, whatever the criteria that the Hurricane Center has when they check the boxes off, and if enough boxes checked off, they make it. Uh, they, they give it a tropical storm. Uh, I, there has been uh, there, and I've seen conversations about this very subject. Is the threshold of of naming tropical systems uh, a lot lower than what it used to be? Uh, uh, would we uh, had these would these systems been named uh, back uh, 20 or 30 years ago? I mean, you and I know that from experience that a number of storms did basically, you know, fall under the table and, and, and developed, but weren't really acknowledged until they went through post analysis. Uh, I don't know what the answer to that is. Truthfully, I, I, I just. I, I kind of make the assumption that um, whatever, you know, I give them the benefit of the doubt, although sometimes for some systems, like I remember the one, whatever it was, the B storm or the C storm last year, that was basically a, a severe thunderstorm out in the Caribbean where right. you know, the gales went out, like went, it went out 20 miles from the north of the center and yeah. 10 miles to the south. I, I mean, right. we've seen we've seen clusters of severe weather uh, bigger than that. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I, I think I think certainly. Uh, um, I don't know about Eduardo, uh, Edward, because it was in the middle of the Atlantic and I really didn't take a good look at it. Um, the other ones looked to me like they were they were naming them was okay. Cristobal, especially, I think that uh, got named into a tropical storm. So I, I, I don't have too many problems 
uh, with that. By the way, uh, here's the surface, and I wanted to bring this up because this is another uh, thing you want to look at uh, when it comes to development. You're going to, and I have here up the surface from North and South Carolina observations at seven o'clock tonight. And if you take a look at the, uh, we have buoy 41064 has a southeast wind at 11, gusting to 18. And that's east of Wilmington. Uh, there's another buoy well south of Wilmington, buoy 41013, where the wind is west at 7. And then the land winds, Wilmington itself is east-northeast at 8. And uh, Brunswick uh, Airport is actually north-northwest at Six. So when you look at that, this is probably uh, where this is where your your weak low is right now as of uh, the seven o'clock OBS. But when you see some of the observations that are going on around here, Joe, I mean, nobody's got a wind great a wind gust greater than 20 knots. So clearly uh, this low is very weak at this point. Right. Right. Well, if it happens to uh, move a little further to the east and get more of it out over the uh, open waters of the relatively warm well, this <clears throat> for this time of the year, the Atlantic Ocean, we may very well see some intensification and it may very well acquire a name. But I think that the earliest that that would happen would not be until it reaches the Virginia Capes area. That would be on Friday morning or maybe during Friday and Friday night. I don't I don't expect anything to happen of any great uh, concern between now and let's say Friday morning, other than the fact that the system is going to be continuing to drift ever so slowly to the right. north. Uh, I did bring up the uh, water temperature map, which you can uh, find on the Hurricane Center's website. And uh, uh, indeed, uh, with res you, you want water temperatures above 26 Celsius are supportive for de the development of a tropical storm. And that 26 Celsius line uh, reaches uh, almost to about southern Delaware. So that translates to about 78, 79 degree water temperature. And then the water temperatures cool off, although they are warm uh, up through southern New England relative to normal. Uh, but uh, the 28 plus uh, area of ocean water temperatures is where this thing is going to be sitting uh, from now up until uh, through Thursday night and uh, before it moves, starts to move northward. So uh, it, it, the water temperatures are certainly supportive. Uh, we're seeing a warming of water temperatures across the tropical Atlantic and the subtropical Atlantic. And of course, the Gulf of Mexico uh, is, uh, uh, is very warm. The Florida Straits, the Bahamas, uh, the Southeast Gulf with water temperatures of 30 Celsius or higher. So 86 Celsius or higher. So indeed, uh, the ocean water temperatures are supportive. And, uh, it, Joe, on the sea surface temperature anomaly over the last seven days, oddly enough, uh, the area from North, from even though that water is 28C, it's actually a little bit below average, slightly, uh, from, uh, from uh, coastal uh, North Carolina south to northern Florida. The water temperatures are actually just a touch cooler than average. But when you go north of there and you head toward our region, our, our area from Delaware on up through coastal New England, the water temperatures are actually running about uh, two degrees Celsius or more above average. That's pretty significant. You know, we commented, mentioned how the water temperatures are already up in the low and mid 70s, which for early July is is really warm. Right. Uh, in fact, David Scott mentions on the chat board, he says, Joe R. Long Beach, New York, ocean temperature. Today, 73.1 degrees. Yeah, that buoy at Fire Island, is, uh, Reaver posted it for me, the buoy at Fire Island is at 76. And that's 20 miles offshore, but it's still pretty warm. Well, it's, 
These are temperatures that you don't normally expect to see until maybe late August or September, as we're actually approaching uh, September 10th, the traditional peak of the hurricane season. So again, we're, we're quite a ways ahead of schedule, at least locally in terms of uh, water temperatures this year. All right, so so here's the upper air. I've got the GFS. Let's run through this. Uh, let's run through this and see what we're dealing with. And as we mentioned, if you take a look off the North Carolina coast, there's a little upper low there. That little closed circle that would represent our quote unquote tropical system. If you look on the upper left, there's a trough that's coming into the northern plains uh, with a short wave that's moving into the western lakes, and then that as I mentioned yesterday, kind of acts as a bit of a lever and it lifts up uh, the coastal low straight northward. Uh, you see it there in uh, northwest New Jersey, and then it winds up going into upstate New York by Friday evening. The trough in the drops into the east actually strengthens, which is a bit of a change from um, what we saw uh, a few days ago where it was just weakening this, but it, it actually has a fairly strong trough uh, present uh, in the northeast. Monday into Tuesday. So just to put a heads up, I'm wondering whether we might have some kind of uh, thunderstorms to deal with when that upper trough swings through early next week. But that's later on down the road. The bottom line is that this trough is acting as the mechanism to lift the uh, the, uh, the system along the coast straight northward. And uh, all the models seem to agree with this. There's some slight difference in terms of positioning, but they all have the same idea. And here's the surface, Joe, the new GFS. I mean, it's very consistent. The NAM, you know, they're, they're really all pretty close. And when we run the surface map, which we will do so just there it goes. So there's your low during the day Thursday. As you said, tomorrow doesn't appear to be any big problem here. We're just kind of dealing with every normally ahead in a situation like this. The day before actually winds up being a reasonable day because of some subsidence that's going on upstream. Uh, the low is there off the North Carolina's coast. You see this hook of rain that circulates around it. Surface low is just east of Chesapeake Bay at one, 2 a.m. Friday. By 2 p.m. Friday, it's in Delaware Bay, touching Cape May. And then it's over New York City Friday evening. So that arm of heavy rain just moves straight northward uh, up the coast. Friday morning, uh, reaching New York City. And by... Friday evening, six or seven by seven or eight o'clock, it's mostly done from New York City south. Well, that's a that is dependent upon again the speed of the uh, of the system, whether or not it can speed up a little bit, or maybe even slow down, or appear or go slower than what the the models are suggesting. But yeah, um, it, it, it and and the amount of rain also is difficult in this type of pattern. I mean, you know, easily I think we'll see uh, most areas of be a lot to get at least an inch, but then, you know, depending upon how much convection gets wrapped in or gets involved, you could see some spots. Especially with that, like, if the low is just inland of the coast, you get that south, good southeast inflow. Right. You'll get, you can get like in some places like three, four inches of rain. So tropical moisture, it, it looks like it's going to translate into uh, another round of wet. Wasn't it, wasn't it that we were complaining about how dry it was? Yeah. Well, that's, that's just about done now. Uh, the, the GFS, I'm looping the uh, the precip, and if you follow the max area, and that, this is a two to four inch zone of rain that 
moves over the Delmarva Peninsula and runs through eastern Pennsylvania and western New Jersey, the rain amounts actually tail off somewhat as you go to the east. So it would make sense that the heaviest rain will be north and northwest and west of the center as the low moves northward. And you see how you know the heavy rain, that stripe, uh, progresses. So that's that's the track of your low. That the, That's the left side of, 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 of this that uh, moves on northward. The NAM is not really that different. The NAM, the only difference I saw in the NAM today was that uh, in terms of the, the heavy precip area, the NAM is actually much more, a bit more bullish than the GFS because it has heavy rains, has some heavy rain east of the center and has a much larger area of heavy rain west of the center over, uh, over all of New Jersey, eastern and southeastern, and even into parts of south central Pennsylvania, there's a stripe of four inch plus rains there from northern Chesapeake Bay into south central PA uh, and as far east as uh, Delaware. So that'll be something interesting to see if we get a good solid southeast, inf good, uh, a good solid inflow from the southeast here with that warm water. I mean, this is going to be really loaded with moisture. Uh, you can get some heavy rain rel relatively quickly. It'll probably be some pretty decent downpours that'll go on during the day Friday as the slow moves north. And there may be some more rain to deal with on Saturday and more thunderstorms. I think Sunday of the upcoming weekend will probably be the better of the two days. But even then, there's the possibility we may see some uh, pop-up storm activity as well. And it looks like it's going to remain rather humid right on through the next five, six, seven days. Although, Joe, I think that uh, when we get to later next week, um, while it's not exactly going to dry out, I think that maybe, maybe by, well, maybe even earlier than that, maybe by... By Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, the dew points, which right now are up like near 70, may actually drop back a bit to the mid and even lower 60s. That would that, be uh, that would be a gift. You know, relatively speaking, I mean, if you if you've been dealing with 70 dew points for a number of days, and all of a sudden it drops back to 62, 63, which still by normal standards is muggy. That's that that is a bit of relief. That that's something you would hope would happen. Right. The upper pattern, by the way, I'm just looking at the GFS, the new GFS. Once that trough in the east lifts out uh, and we move through next week, of course, the models have been trying to build a ridge into the east. and It, it does it to an extent. But uh, once again, that northern energy, there's a deep trough that comes into the northwest that moves across southern Canada. And if it, you know, it's done this now for a few runs, just as the ridge is about to pop up and build into the east, there's a short wave that moves across southern Canada that suppresses it. Uh, so this would argue that the, the prolonged heat uh, may have a tough time punching into the eastern states and, and may wind up being more uh, back through uh, the lower and middle Mississippi Valley, uh, westward across right. the southern half of the U.S. You know, if this is correct... Uh, you know, later next week we have we have a northwest flow coming out of Canada that, that, like you said, you might we might still wind up being very warm, but it might be enough to take the dew points down a notch or two, which would be really right. nice. Exactly, because right now, if you if you back up Joe to uh, where we are on the uh, on the uh, 500, uh, we're in, we're in no man's land right now. We're in kind right. of uh, this this no. There's no flow of any significance or whatever. Here it is, right here. I, I have it. Uh, I, I've got it drawn for this evening. You're right. The, the ridge up and push the upper flow into northern New England. Uh, there's your system uh, off the Carolina coast. There's your trough that's out in the northern plains. Energy coming into the northwest. And you're right. We're in this just this this no man's land uh, in right. the upper flow. 
yeah, get get the flow to come out of the northwest. And you're absolutely right. A northwesterly flow doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to turn cooler. It still would be rather warm. But with a northwest flow, at least we're not uh, dealing with the uh, juicy. Can I use the term slimy? Yes. You can do that. You, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The kind of day that we had today, at, at least if we-, we You get want to peel it off your arms. Yeah, at least if we get into a Northwest flow, at least that'll help to dry things out a little bit. WBC, <clears throat> by the way, for rainfall, uh, has it confined to Eastern North Carolina, uh, where we've got two to three inches. And of course this is front end loaded. So this is what, it's reflection of this low in the East, uh, but it <laughs> now has, uh, an inch, one and a half to three inch rains uh, showing up from uh, from Delmarva northward through all of New Jersey, easternmost Pennsylvania, and into southern New England. So WPC is probably betting on a bit more, a slightly more of a coastal track than than uh, what the uh, NAM is doing and what the GFS is doing. I do want to bring up the European quickly. Uh, just to have an option here in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the upper air idea is the same, but I'll just bring up uh, their uh, particular surface map here that they have. And let's get a, just a close-up shot. And then we'll come back to the board and you can take some more questions. If you see any questions on there, Joe, uh, go ahead with them. But the European, uh, the European Joe actually has a track. If you want to believe it, uh, it goes just east of southernmost Chesapeake Bay, passes east of the New Jersey coast. It has an offshore track here. It's got a thousand one low uh, uh, east of Atlantic City by about fifty to sixty miles. And you know, if you just draw the line uh, in terms of where that low is Saturday morning, it has a slower look to it. Uh, and and Sunday morning, it it t- would take the surface low right over central or eastern Long Island. So this is this is um, this is something to consider if the European is correct on this idea of a bit slightly more of a coastal track, and it's going to depend on the interaction of the two the stream uh, and the upper system that's in the east and that trough that's coming down in the plains. If it, it takes a little bit longer for it to to get levered up by it, uh, you may wind up with something a little more offshore. In which case. Are you going to wind up with something that does get named a tropical storm? So the European certainly has that possibility on the table here. I suspect that the Hurricane Center is probably looking at uh, a, a median or, or, or mean between what the GFS is tracking and what the uh, European is tracking, which would mean that, again, it would be just off the shoreline, maybe just far enough out to see for it to intensify into some kind of a system. And again, a slower movement based upon the European. So uh, yeah, that, that may take it uh, over Long Island. We're just gonna have to wait and see. Okay, so let's get uh, let's get uh, Briller Jeopardy uh, underway. But before we do that, uh, I just want to, uh, we'll do a little Bill Uber Jeopardy because he sent in uh, a question for you, Mr. Rayo. Are you ready? You know, Bill is out there counting raindrops per square foot because he's got that boilerplate over his house and mine since we're only a handful of blocks apart. How many states have glaciers? How many states have glaciers? Yes. How many states have have living glaciers? uh, The only one I would think would have, and of course, I've even been there and saw them for myself, would be Alaska. Now, is it possible that that maybe he's also alluding to a, a 
place like Maine or Washington State. I, I, well, there are apparently know. nine states that have glaciers. Oh, uh, get at what? What? What nine? Well, states um, having watched Planet Earth with the David with uh, Mr. David Attenborough, I could verify most of these. Uh, so okay. the states are Washington, right. Wyoming, Yellowstone. Okay, Montana, okay. which right. kind of connects to Wyoming. Okay, right. California, uh, up in the Sierra Nevadas, I suppose, uh, or, uh, or the Cascades. Uh, Oregon, Idaho, Colorado, Nevada, and Alaska. Well, you see, we're talking now about places with uh, mountainous terrain, probably in the in excess of. Uh, Five thousand to ten thousand feet, right? That's those are the the Cascades, for yeah. example, Washington and Oregon, and, uh, and right. Alaska uh, has the most, and Washington okay. has the second most. Okay. So these glaciers all have names; they have you know histories and everything else. Okay. Yeah, have, you ever seen, have you ever seen a glacier, a, a cal, calving of a glacier, Joe? Uh, I've seen it on video. I've never personally witnessed a calving. That's, that's where, I've seen that's childbirth, where, but I've never seen calving. That's that's worth that's worth investing in a in a in a cruise to an Alaskan cruise. Oh, I'd love to as see family, it. As my family did like five years ago, we uh, I think it was in 2015. We went uh, to Alaska on a cruise, and they took us into a zone where there were these beautiful glaciers, and more than once we saw a few of them just calve. And somebody somebody said to me uh, as we were watching, he said, "Oh, it's due to global warming or whatever." But then the uh, the guide who was on board the ship said, "Well, that may well be, but you have to also understand it gets very cold around here during the winter, and uh, come the summertime, these these glaciers, some of these glaciers just, you know, calve. Right. They, they've been doing this now. They've been doing this now for, for God knows how many years, and they probably will continue to do so for a number of years to come. But that's quite a sight to see if you ever get a chance to get on a on an Alaskan. It's cruise. on the list." Yes, it's on the list. On the bucket list. All right. I have seen yeah. Doctor Pole on National Geographic um, push a put, put, after a cow gave birth, a cow's you know uterus kind of came out, so he had that. to he had to push it back in. That was we've, that, we've seen. It's like my ew, wife I, ew. My wife and I saw that. Ew. At the, at the Syracuse on our on our thirtieth. This is what now six years ago we went to Syracuse for this New York State Fair. And they actually, they actually had a cow giving birth, and yeah, it's, it, it's, it was interesting, but um, yeah, no, I, I'm not doing that. Okay, so here's here we, here we go with Briller Jeopardy. So what what is the the most common state bird? The most common state bird? Yes. Believe it or not, I would actually say the morning dove. Is that? Uh, no, but if I, when I tell you the answer, you'll probably nod your head in agreement. The Northern Cardinal. The Northern Cardinal. Because they're everywhere. Right, right next to the Northern Pope and the Northern Bishop. It makes no sense, though, to have the Arizona Cardinal, since I don't believe they have any Cardinals in Arizona. No, I don't think so either. Um, at one time, at one time, and I, I, I've seen stories about this. At one time, Blockbuster Video had more than 9,000 stores worldwide. Today, there is Just one. one. One store left. Where is it? Is it? Isn't that some? Isn't that somewhere in Oregon? I think. Yes, a Bend, Oregon, and yeah. I think I think now it might be gone. But I remember hearing something about maybe that it's gone. But I'm not sure. Question well, three. Before, before, 
Oh, question three. All right. All right go ahead. Uh, no, no. I was, I was going to say it's already seven thirty, and I know you wanted to save time for the data. So. All right. So uh, let's let's do this last one there on Mars. Sunsets are what color? Um, I I know that they are um, blah, 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 blah. kind of like a a, a a dusky brown or whatever because of all the dust. The dust blue. Brown. Excuse me. Blue. Blue? Blue. It's blue dust storms? Yes. Right. I I I would have I would have thought it thought otherwise. Well it's it, by the way, I'm just I just jumped on the chat board. Thanks for everybody for being here. We've got a nice crowd tonight. The uh, usual hurricane suspects now have arrived, including uh Weather Enlow seventy eight, who will now obsess from now till the end of the hurricane season about every hurricane, every tropical storm that's heading for Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. And let me just let me just let me just say one more one last thing before we shut it down. Dennis Cassie asked, any chance we might actually see the comet? Joe, this comet is absolutely stunning. It's in the morning sky, rising just before sunrise. Some of you may want to try and see it if it's clear tomorrow morning. I frankly think it's going to be more cloudy than than clear. But next week, the comet moves into the evening sky, and between the 14th and 19th of July, I think that'll be the time frame when it will be at its absolute best. It's a beautiful comet, bright with a nice, gently curving ta tail of dust, and uh, it, we hopefully we'll get a chance to see it next week. I don't think we'll have a chance to see it tomorrow morning because I think the weather will not cooperate. But why don't you just get up at 4:30 a.m. and step outside? You know. Right. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Floodweather points out that the uh, the three-kilometer NAM with this low gets it down to a 995. I mean, if it ever gets down that deep. If that is if that winds up getting down to a 995 low, you're going to have a tropical storm named, Obviously. and you're going to also probably have a fair air, a fairly sized area of gales along the coast. So that's something I think tomorrow night we'll probably be able to uh, put our finger on. Reaver wants to know if I've ever taken a cruise, and the answer is, uh, if you want to call it that, uh, a I took a boat, I took a what was a quote unquote ferry boat from Naples to Capri for 90 minutes, and I threw up for 90 straight minutes, which is the last time I'll ever go on any kind of long-distance uh, boat ride. So that ain't happening. Joe, unless you're out in a big area uh, close to a, a tropical system, let's say, or a nor'easter or something like that, but most of these big cruise ships now have tremendous stabilizers, and you wouldn't even know you were on a cruise ship. Uh, so I yeah. would suggest you get, get, get a chance to go on a cruise Go on the Alaskan cruise because that was a really well. You know, I'll have to I'll have to just kind of like work my way up to, to to that. My buddy Phil will do help help me do that if we go out in Montauk and take a, go out on a fishing trip next week. Reaver five hundred one, please get Optimum out there soon before the storm hits. No weather in five. Yeah, I understand. I've, I'm I'm uh, uh, Patreon members are getting a weather in ten video every day. So I, I'm their priority. So uh, if you're on the Patreon platform, your video is going to be there. But I'm I'm having to kind of cut back until I get the signal in, in, in signal back, uh, the internet back. Because once my hotspot is done, I'm going to have to take my my equipment and go in my truck and park in some parking lot to to do this and and grab onto a hotspot. So you know if you hear if you hear a story about somebody being arrested because he's doing a live stream. Uh, in the middle of a pot parking lot when he's not supposed to be there, you know, then th that would likely be me. Okay, so just bear that in mind. 
if you're late to this, you can, of course, watch it on the replay. Uh, also, it's uh, now the Joe and Joe Weather Show is available as a podcast, so you can listen to it on your phone while you're exercising or maybe you want to listen to it in your car. Uh, we're on Google. We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. We're on six different podcast platforms. Uh, and uh, I think the only the one left that should be coming any day now is uh, Apple. Uh, uh, so uh, we'll let you know when that happens. Okay. So everybody have a great evening. Sorry we got to cut it short, but uh, again, just trying to save data. So we'll see you tomorrow. And uh, uh, 